From beach towels to tea towels and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT shop has it all. Browse our shop now at TNTradio.live. Interviews, news, and views. You're listening to State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Imagine this. You wake up in California, you get ready to go to work, where, by the way, more than 50% of your income is taken from you in taxes, making you exactly half of a slave. But your car's been stolen and you can't get to work. You call the police, but they're understaffed by 50%. You wait 45 minutes to get through to dispatch. They don't even respond with a unit. Instead, they ask you to fill out an online police report. But uh, your car's found two hours later. Two juveniles are arrested. They aren't citizens of this country. Border Patrol escorted them from the border to a hotel near you. The DA reduces their charge to a misdemeanor, and they are released an hour later with a citation. Next, you call your insurance company, and your insurance company drops you because the risk is too high in the neighborhood to insure you. All this was done with the 50% of the money you earned, but the government took. You try to complain, but the city officials say you're racist and xenophobic. You feel unsafe, but you can't carry a gun by law. You post complaints online. But now the Biden administration has labeled you a domestic terrorist. Good afternoon. Welcome to State of the Nation. I'm Brian McLean. I'm here with Steve Hook. We are live on today's News Talk TNT. Steve, uh, great first hour. Wow, we were really uh, on fire there. I can't believe it's already over. Yeah, Yeah, and that little (laughs) monologue just made me very thankful that I don't live in the state of California. But uh, we wish Eric Early all the best, all all the best, man. That's going to be a tough fight, but... I don't know about you, Hesh, but he certainly seemed up for the fight, huh? He wasn't holding any punches. Oh, yeah. He says it. uh, He definitely speaks his mind, and that I very much appreciate. And that little intro rant there, I was riffing off of the typical liberal account over there on IG. So shout out to them. Uh, Really good. Really good. Now, Steve, I got to throw this one at you. Um, So uh, there's this person uh, by the name of Shannon Gooden, all right? And Shannon Gooden is a African-American male and the alleged Minnesota shooter who killed two officers and a paramedic. So police say Gooden killed three first responders in Burnsville, Minnesota this last Sunday during a lengthy standoff, then killed himself. Gooden had, quote, several guns and a large amount of ammunition, end quote, while barricaded in his home, according to Drew Evans with the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension. Now, police officers Paul Elmstrand and Matthew Rugg were shot to death, along with emergency medical technician Adam Finst. Seven children were inside this home. Luckily, they were unhurt. Um, But watch how fast this leaves the news cycle. This is going to be gone. This will probably be the only time you hear about it. It'll be gone because it does not fit the gun violence narrative. Why? Because he's black, he's not a legal gun owner, And this case proves that criminals get guns no matter what the law says. This this illustrates the hatred, which is the result of the polarization, the media reporting, the entitlement and victim complex that comes with worldviews based in CRT and DEI. So it's like, wait, wait, what do you mean? Criminals can get a hold of guns even when they're not allowed to have one? Uh, Are we shocked this guy had multiple illegal firearms in a house full of children? I'm not. Are you, Steve? No, not at all. And I, I, 
You know, this is whenever you hear people from, as we say, across the pond, Europe, from Australia, from wherever they may be, they'll say, God, the Americans are nuts. They got they got so many guns. Why don't they just have more gun laws? Um, well, that wholly misses who we are as a nation. It also misses the importance of the Second Amendment. And not only that, let's just play it out. They say, okay, ban guns. There are more guns in the United States of America than there are Americans in the United States of America. That's just a fact. Uh, so guns are very much a part of our culture, much like, uh, you know, uh, muscle cars and apple pie. So it's not really about the law of a gun or the illegality of a gun. It's about who has the right to carry a gun. This guy didn't. Uh, the only thing he did in a good way was he saved the taxpayers a lot of money uh, by unaliving himself. But unfortunately, he took two brave officers and an EMT in the process. And you're right. This story will disappear. And you know how I know it will disappear? Because it's already disappeared. What was his name again? Shannon something? Was it Gooden. Kyle Rittenhouse? If it was yeah. Kyle Rittenhouse, we'd know all about it. If it was Kyle Rittenhouse, we'd hear all about it. We'd hear. Now, the difference, of course, is Kyle Rittenhouse legally had possession of a gun. And, uh, you know, and he killed two people that were trying to kill him. Uh, he killed one person, strike that, and, and shot a couple. But they were obviously trying to hurt him. I, it, the whole thing makes me sick. And the way that politicians specifically left-leaning politicians lean into this issue it's just so disgusting it's it's nothing but lies and bs man yes it is it's absolutely insane and it is a fact that gooden was not allowed to own a firearm in fact he even filed a petition in 2020 asking for his gun rights to be restored and the dakota county district attorney's office objected to the request and they said the petitioner has had additional encounters with police involving assaults disorderly conduct and numerous traffic violations red flag red flag red flag red yeah flag, red exactly flag. exactly and he's got multiple guns and of course i'll remind you of a couple other stories you won't hear about anymore probably Colorado Springs, the shooter was non-binary. Nashville school shooter, a trans. Aberdeen shooter, trans. Denver school shooter, trans. Iowa school shooter, trans. And Lakewood school shooter, trans. So you won't hear any um, further on those in the mass media cartel. Do you have a suggestion for a possible guest that you'd like to hear on TNT or perhaps you have a topic you feel we should discuss? We'd love to hear from you. Simply complete the suggestion form on the TNT website and help us make a difference on today's News Talk TNT. Conversations to inform and include. It's meant for everyday people to understand. Today's News Talk Radio TNT. Well, 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 President Biden admitted on Friday that the U.S. immigration is broken just hours after Fox News cameras on the ground in San Diego area captured a mass release of migrants by the Border Patrol. Border Patrol bus, big old bus, released approximately 200 migrants onto the streets in San Ysidro who were then handed over to a, you got it, non-governmental organization for help. Okay, uh, so, you know, uh, this is what Biden had to say. Congress has had a long, proud history, a bipartisan history on immigration reform and abiding by our international treaty obligations, which we signed related to immigration. These reforms made America a nation of laws, a nation of immigrants and the strongest economy in the world. But something has changed over time. Our laws and our resources haven't kept up with the system and it's broken. 
Joining us now to discuss is our friend Timothy Shea, host of The Reckoning right here at Today's News Talk TNT. Timothy, uh, what do you think about Biden's comments here? It just, it broke. I guess it just broke over time. Uh, they won't fix it. Uh, it's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> can't make this stuff up, can you? I'm actually encouraged that he didn't say Trump broke it, right? Yeah. You're trying to blame Trump for all this. And we've got doctors in San Diego treating spinal injuries, broken broken necks, broken backs, because, and Brian, I hate to chastise you, but these people are not migrants. Okay? Immigration <laughs> yeah. is by definition a legal process. These people are illegal aliens. They're aliens, they're not citizens, here illegally. They're illegal aliens. We By, by buying into the left's narrative of, oh, these are just simple migrants, they're just looking for a better way of life, great! Come on in. You got skills to offer the United States. Come on in. Do it the legal way. And the fact yeah. of the matter is 98% of these people don't have skills to offer the United States. They've got skills to offer the drug cartels. They've got their bodies to offer the drug cartels, these poor women and children that are being sex trafficked. But the whole purpose of immigration is to make the country stronger. Any benefit to the immigrant is ancillary and great we're happy they have a better standard of living they were better we're happy they have a better life but the point is what can they do for us all of my friends yeah. that immigrated here legally my friend uli from switzerland he takes this as such an enormous slap in the face he had technical knowledge and he came here and he started his own fiber optic company and he employed hundreds of people that's the kind of immigrant we want we don't want the kind of immigrant that just threw rocks off a highway overpass, killing a woman. Her daughter was driving, the mother was in the passenger seat, the father was in the back seat, and she was driving her parents home. And this guy decides to throw rocks off a highway overpass. One of them crashed through the windscreen and split his the mother's skull open so that the, the husband could see her brain. And the 911 wow. call is heartbreaking. And why did he do that? Because he was upset that he didn't get his $3,000 debit card and his cell phone and everything timely enough. He was upset at the government for taking so long, giving him his free stuff. That is not the kind of immigrant we want. That's the kind of immigrant we need to catch and repatriate. God almighty. I haven't even heard that story. That is a, that is a, 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 a hellish story, but you know, uh, Timothy, Hesh and I were talking off air. Uh, this is a problem that all of the sudden, it's it's as if it's it's as if by uh, uh by by some kind of magic, uh, Biden has figured out this is a problem now. Uh, we have a broken immigration system. Yeah, in large part because you helped broke it, jackass. But but that said, he now realizes that this is politically untenable. So exactly. now he's well, he doesn't realize. He just realizes he needs to say what he was told to say so that he could get pudding at four o'clock. The people yeah. that are running this administration realized it's a political problem for him. And here's why. The recent MSNBC recently had a sit down with four, uh, one graduate student, a shrill leftist type and, and three Muslims. And they all said, nope, not going to vote for Biden, going to punish Biden by not voting for him. That And they're actually upset that there, there isn't a ceasefire that we're supporting Israel and their war crimes and all, all the things that we know aren't true. But the point is, he's he's losing his base to the left. He's losing his base to the right because the UAW or the Teamsters just 
donated $45,000, and I love that amount, $45,000 to Donald Trump. First time they've donated to a Republican in over a generation. So he's losing his base to the right. He's losing his base to the left. He's stuck in the middle with nowhere to go. Uh, yeah, we were talking earlier in the program, even African Americans are now starting to talk about replacement theory as it relates to the inner cities. And that was right. just like a total flow, like a 180 flip of the uh, the script right there. And how about this for replacement theory? Have you heard about the new Google AI Gemini? Yeah, yeah we talked about it. You know, I said, did you see Cat Turd's meme? Cat Turd posted a meme. I asked Gemini for a picture of a polar bear, and it was a brown grizzly bear. It was great. <laughs> well, for those who have not heard about it, because I don't know if we mentioned it on air, but they were that they've suspended it now because, you know, a program is only is uh, is only as woke as the person that programs it. And the people that program Gemini AI are very, very woke. So, for example, it was asked to render an image of the of, of the first president, George Washington. It came back with all the nice breeches and the and and the coat, the waistcoat, the powdered wig, and it was a black man. So it's like what DEI is now infesting AI, and so now they're being forced to uh, to to pull it, but. I don't know. One guy asked for it. a picture of a Viking and it came back with a Genghis Khan looking Asian and three <laughs> black guys as Vikings. <laughs> asked to render a picture of the Pope. There's never been a black Pope, although I wish Cardinal Seurat had been Pope instead of Frankie Two Fingers. But <laughs> the Popes all came black and one came back black and female. <laughs> you know, we joke about this stuff. We joke about this and laugh about it because it is kind of funny. But this is how. This, this is so Orwellian. They will rewrite history. And everything that you knew going forward uh, in the past is now gone. All the history has been erased, and it's all been replaced. And I, I don't and know that. <laughs> Go ahead. And, and again, they normalize it using popular culture. That's what Hamilton was all about. We're going to take a music. We're going to write a musical about the founding fathers, and we're going to make them all black and Hispanic. No white people were permitted to even audition for Hamilton. Can you imagine the outcry if we were to stage an all-white production of Porgy and Bess or Roots? Come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, th this is insane. And and I think it's an illustration of what my friend and colleague Jay Dyer was saying on the show recently. This this The effect that we're seeing is uh, undermining the internet. So in a sense, undermining the digital marketplace, the digital you know, uh, town square, completely undermining reality. And the, the way that these tools have been released and programmed has a lot of people concerned that this is how history gets rewritten. And this is cartoonish and laughable in some senses, but this really does kind of lean into that direction, don't you think? They can do digitally what it took Russian propagandists a long time in a dark room to be able to do. They can add people into photos like Zelig, another time where they use popular culture to normalize this. They could remove people from photographs. This AI, look, it's a tool. It's neutral. It can be used for profound good. I don't trust the people using it. I think this is potentially a very dangerous thing for humanity. I agree completely. By the way, speaking of removing people from history and changing history outright, did you hear about this robocall that was going down in New Hampshire? Yes. Okay, this robocall 
And it's no wonder they had to use a robo, a fake AI generated robo caller to sound like Biden because Biden could have never said what this robo caller said. And if he did, he would have stumbled through it. But apparently it was a, uh, it was a magician. Let me see if I can pull this story. Cause I've, I, it was a magician from new Orleans. Here it is. Uh, New Orleans, a Democrat consultant who worked for a rival presidential campaign, paid a New Orleans magician to use AI to impersonate President Biden in a robocall. Basically, the call just said, hey, uh, your your vote doesn't count because, well, recall New Hampshire, Biden didn't go to New Hampshire. He didn't right. he didn't choose to, uh, to, to and they tried to get a, do a last minute write in thing. But now. They're using AI to impersonate the president, and it was a dem operative that hired the guy. Well, and it's not that's a robocall, okay? With the deep fake videos they can do, it's scary. They could they could have Donald Trump shooting somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue and turning to the camera and say, see, I got away with it. They can literally yeah. do that now. This is, you know, the technology out there is unbelievable. It's so much more advanced than people even realize, but they screwed up, Steve. That's how they found out it was a robocall is because he didn't stumble all the way through it. It's like, no, 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 no. That's too articulate. That can't be Biden. (laughs) (laughs) The telltale signature right there, a coherent, lucid Biden. All right. (laughs) One word for America. Fresh, 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 fresh. All right. (laughs) Timothy, uh, we're going to be sure and be tuning in for The Reckoning tonight on TNT. Final show for the week. Timothy is live Monday to Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern time with The Reckoning on today's News Talk TNT. Timothy Shea, thanks for being here with us and for everything you do. Thanks, guys. All right. That's Timothy Shea on State of the Nation at today's News Talk TNT. TNT's James Freeman. Now, at the moment, um, the WHO operates in an advisory capacity globally, but all of that will change if amendments to the international health regulations go through, combined with the ratification of a new global pandemic accord. Um, It started off being called as a treaty, but they thought that would frighten everyone. Um, So they now called it a pandemic accord, but it is an international treaty. And if it goes through, it will give the WHO legal powers over all of its members. James Freeman on today's News Talk TNT. The light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles, and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk, and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. thelightpaper.co.uk you are about to have to hear today's news talk and the voice of freedom. That's what this country is all about. TNT Radio. Okay, welcome back to State of the Nation. You know, Jen Psaki, remember Jen Psaki? Well, she told us uh, daily about the federal government's work, safe and effective and necessary censorship uh, on uh, on all of their grotesque First Amendment uh, uh, violations. And she was king at it. KJP may be completely uh, lousy at her job, uh, but at least you realize that she was lousy at her job because she was just lousy at her job. Jen Psaki, on the other hand, seemed to be a propagandist because Jen Psaki is, was, and always probably will be a propagandist. So guess what? Now Jen Psaki is being asked to host 
First Amendment. What is it? She's hosting Hesher. What is it? What is it called? Uh, <laughs> it's it's the uh, the First Amendment um, Awards, I think. Yeah, the First Amendment Awards. Can you believe this? <laughs> I, I, you and I had a very good laugh about this off air because it's just so. It's like having Charles Manson uh, Manson host a, a basket weaving competition or something. I don't know. <laughs> but at any rate, we decided to bring in the CPO of BitChute and a dear friend of the programs. Amy Peacock joins us now. Amy, hello. It's good to see you again. Jen Saki might just give you uh, a First Amendment award. Probably not, ah. but she could. <laughs> that that'll be the day. You know, I guess we didn't have a direct run-in with the Biden administration over at Parlor, but I still have the strong suspicion that something went on behind the scenes during. Uh, you know, or not not during his administration, but some some people who were now running Biden were probably also involved, in my opinion. That's my my personal opinion. Listening to Mike Benz in the last week has only reinforced my view on such things, right? When you start to hear about all of the coordination that went on between government agencies, NGOs, a couple of which that he had named specifically Stanford Internet Observatory and the and Graphica, those two had actually gone after Parler explicitly and apparently were funded by government. So um yeah. So I, I don't think she's gonna give me an award. Um but no, I haven't had any direct interaction with her before. You know, you're you're uh, very qualified to speak about this. You know, as the former CPO of Parler, you you totally understand the weight of the federal fist of of censorship. Um, you know, wearing the gauntlet of big tech, and you know, as the CPO of BitChute, you you clearly deal with the challenges of that are associated with being a true First Amendment supporting media platform. So this is this is a fight that you're still in at this point and you know of course you're an expert in the legal factors as well so what do you, what's your take on on you know jen saki hosting a first amendment award while julian assange's fate looms in a foreign court right now i mean how does that strike you you know i don't know who she plans to give the award to but i do know that the most important case and news story that we have, of course, this week and for a very long time has been whether Julian Assange will be set free as he should be. Uh, as you know, he has been, you know, between, you know, locked in the Ecuadorian embassy there in Britain and then five years also in prison. It's a total of 12 years now. And whatever wrongdoing you might think that he is guilty of, and I understand on some of the counts, there's actually a pretty thin case uh, that they have against him, but you know, maybe there was some complicity in something wrong. He's more than paid the price, and they should be setting him free immediately. I don't know exactly what it means that they did not announce a ruling at the end of the proceedings. And I think the proceedings ended two days ago. Is that correct? I'm losing track of my days here. Uh, yeah, the but 21st. you know, they. Yeah, so they went ahead and said that it's probably going to be into next month, into March, before we actually hear what his fate is. Uh, what I hope is, is that if they say no, that they're going to allow him to be extradited, right? He's trying to appeal that and say, you know, doesn't he have one more round to go? I think he's still got one more appeal that he can do to the European Court of Justice. 
And um, the speculation is, even if he does have that appeal open to him, that they're going to try to quickly hurry him onto a plane with the U.S. Marshals before he has the opportunity to do that. I assume, you know, because we read it in the news, his lawyers are well aware of that. And I hope that they have on a moment's notice that appeal to instantly give to the European court and stop any of those shenanigans. But uh, it's extremely unjust. And yes, you know, whoever they're going to give the First Amendment prize, I think he doesn't want an award, right? Um, What he needs is his freedom and he needs to be able to continue the work that he's doing. Or has been yeah. doing, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, WikiLeaks is still up and running. He, of course, is behind bars. And as you mentioned, you know, depending the outcome of this ruling will determine how he spends the rest of his life, I would assume. And that that's European, not, European appeal uh, measure notwithstanding. It, it, it seems as if the, the USA is in a real hurry to get him the hell back over here so they can make him disappear. It's absolutely astonishing. And I guarantee you, Jen Psaki will not be handing that award to Julian Assange, and she probably won't be handling it to Amy Peacock. And there's a good chance lately that uh, that Catherine Herridge is now out of the running as well. Want to get your take on that, that Catherine Herridge story, CBS, boots her, after really kind of saying, look, we got a strong reporter in Catherine Herridge. And I guess a whole bunch of the CBS viewers didn't like the fact she came from Fox, but she is an absolute wonderful reporter. But then they took all of her stuff. We were talking to our guest Steve Cohen about this in the first hour. Would like to get your take on what's been going on with CBS and Catherine Herridge. So I actually am not familiar with what has happened with her. I had been a fan of hers over at Fox, but why is it that they booted her? Well, they fired her because they fired about 700 of their employees. And they just, uh, under that umbrella, they said she was let go. Now that could have been almost said, okay, well, that's the way it goes. Except for the fact that they really, they really promoted the fact that they got her. So they gave her a pretty penny. They wooed her away from Fox. But once they let her go, Amy, they confiscated all of her data, all of her computers, iPads, all of this stuff. They took it. They took all of her confidential sources and they locked her out. That's never happened before. And apparently now they've given it all back because the outrage was percolating all over the uh, the interweb. Well, and the question is, before they gave it all back, with whom did they share it? Exactly. Um, That's what I said. Right. They copied it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, sure. Give it all back. But if you've already copied it and sent it to people and started some process, uh, you know, she, I always found to be good and very objective when I saw her reporting over at Fox, I haven't watched what she's done at, at CBS. Um, you know, sometimes they do have layoffs where it's sort of last in first out, they will do so perhaps, but you know, it's, it's interesting that these legacy media companies are being forced to do so many layoffs and it's because people like you guys and so many other people who are producing good and objective content are competing for their audience. And, you know, this is exactly what Ben's was talking about uh, the other day, you know, with Tucker, which is the fact that the legacy, legacy media is not happy 
that there are independent providers of excellent and objective news coverage out there competing for their audience. And it doesn't only hit their bottom line, it hits their ability to control the narrative. And, you know, so what are they going to do? They're going to do things to try to put pressure on people who are challenging the narrative like yourselves. I just saw a headline, a barely a bit of a headline. I haven't had a chance to look at it yet, that Biden wants to fund something to do with fighting disinformation again. And mm -hmm. this is not a proper function of government. Uh, my colleague, Jeffrey Warnick, and I just wrote a piece a little bit ago, you know, talking about the fact that it is not part of the you know, constitution, it's not consistent with the powers that are allocated to our federal government for them to be fact checkers for the yeah. country. Uh, you know, we are supposed to leave reason free. That was part of Jefferson's ideology, right? That that human beings are creatures whose faculty of survival is reason, and that it needs to be left free in order to discover the truth and make our lives better to flourish. Right. And, and that that is inherent in the, the founding of our government too, is that it's supposed to be transparent. It's supposed to be representative. And now we're at the point where they want to be the arbiters of truth. They want to stop people like us from even just having conversations and saying what we think. Unacceptable. Uh, Amy, hold the line. We have a headline inbound here. We'll pick up right there after this headline with today's news talk, TNT. Turn on the news. News, news, news flash. TNT radio news. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Supporters of Julian Assange have rallied in both Sydney and London as the WikiLeaks founder awaits the outcome of his final appeal against extradition to the United States. Moscow has reported the capture of the settlement of Pobeda, near the capital of the Donetsk People's Republic, and has made strategic advances in the Donetsk region, according to the Russian Defense Ministry. Communities in Western Australia's northwest are preparing for the impact of a significant weather system expected to hit the coast as a tropical cyclone. The Common Housefly Caught in the clutches of the spider's web. Every move it makes just makes matters worse. Then, dinner time. Feast on the captivating stories, videos, and helpful information on our website. Whoa. Dinner's ready. Oh, man. Escape is futile. Just one more video. Get stuck in our web. TNTradio.live. Amy Peacock is our guest. You know, Amy, uh, during the headline, we were having a little chat there about Jeffersonian journalism. Tell us what that means and, and how that plays into some of these current events. Yeah, so this case, the case of Assange, I see primarily as one of Jeffersonian journalism versus authoritarian statism. And by Jeffersonian journalism, I mean his conception that journalism and the First Amendment, our freedoms of expression, are required to serve as a check on an abuse of power by our government officials. And, you know, kind of talking about this with colleagues at BitChute, I decided I would go do a little bit re of research. And I dug up a paper. I'm sorry that um, I don't have the citation to the paper right now. But this is a quote from Jefferson about journalism. He says, no government ought to be without censors. And I found it ironic that he used the word censor there because he means critic criticism of the government, right? No government ought to be without censors. And where the press is free, no one ever will. 
If virtuous, it, the government, need not fear the fair operation of attack and defense. Nature has given to man no other means of sifting out the truth, either in religion, law, or politics. I think it is honorable to the government neither to know nor notice its sycophants or censors, as it would be undignified and criminal to pamper the former and persecute the latter, end quote, from wow. Jefferson. Yeah, it's pretty very powerful wrong. stuff, right? It's so, not, and, no, you know, it's very powerful. Yeah, so for... You know, there's there's a reason that the First Amendment is first, and it maybe originally was thought of as more political. But I think also for people like Jefferson, there was a moral component to it in the sense that our minds need to be left free again to pursue the truth in order to better our lives and to fully flourish as human beings. Uh, that freedom of thought, freedom of expression is absolutely crucial. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. yeah, that's very, very prescient of him. Yeah, absolutely. And when we look at, you know, we were just talking about um, what happened to Catherine Herridge, you know, uh, what you guys touched on right there really were concerns me in the sense that her stuff was taken. And I'm thinking about Julian's experience in, in the embassy. We, we spoke with people that have come in and worked with him, his lawyers, people making documentary films. Their laptops and phones were all taken from them as they went in, and it's now turning out that they were um, imaged, basically. You know, they downloaded everything on them. So I got to, I mean, I'm, I'm speculating here, but I got to wonder, you know, if Catherine Herridge's uh, stuff has been given back to her so that they can say, you know, okay, we're we're clear. We didn't. Sorry about that. We, we know, I guess we overstepped a little bit. But where was it? Well, it was out of her possession. Did it go get imaged somewhere? Is it sitting there next to, I don't know, Hunter Biden's laptop image in uh, Quantico or something? You know, Apple has rightly refused to help government. You know, break into the wonderful encrypted devices that they give us. But that doesn't mean that the government doesn't have enough money and resources to figure out how to crack into those things and, and image everything themselves. So that may well have happened and she may not know the full implications of whatever they took and what they plan to do with it for some time, which I'm sure is not a very settling prospect for her. I don't know what it is that she supposedly did to deserve it. Do you? Did she say something that was you know supposedly She's, the instigator of her being let go I, I i think i saw some inklings of it but i didn't you know fully speculation get it. at this point she was she was doing um journalistic efforts into the hunter biden laptop story so people are you know right. conjecturing that that might be why she was targeted for firing uh, and like Steve said, it may have just gone as a blip, you know, like, oh, that's weird. Why would they fire her? But now that they did this, they got all her tech. Yeah, it makes uh, it look a know. lot worse. Yeah. Hey, you know, Amy, let, before we have to let you go, let me just say this, because that Jefferson quote is so spot on. And of course, when Jefferson is referring to censors, he's uh, you got to put that in, the, in today's uh, vocabulary. Uh, critics is what he's talking about. Yes. Critics of the government. Yeah. But, you know, what's also dangerous and he didn't touch on in that quote is, what happens when the media becomes the mouthpiece for the government? For example, mm -hmm. Willie Geist was on, and we talked about this earlier. Willie Geist was on Joe Scarborough this morning, the Joe Scarborough show. And he said that now that this Alexei Smirnoff FBI informant has been arrested and charged with lying about Burisma, 
that that proves that the 51 spooks that said the laptop was Russian disinformation were right all along. And this should all be dismissed. Can you believe that on MSNBC, Willie Geist would go on to say this proves the 51 were correct? I wonder how Jefferson, what Jefferson would have. So to say all you have to that. do is charge somebody with something and then you're supposed to deem it true and push that narrative. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. Frightening, yeah, isn't no. it? This is, <laughs> and, and, you know, one of the biggest problems in our culture that I hope will be fixed very soon. And we have some better educational institutions trying to do it is to teach proper critical thinking skills to students, I would say not only in college, uh, although at least there, but I think before, I think in high school, you've got to have a standard introductory logic course, like the stuff I used to teach all the time in, in colleges. Just teach it to the kids in high school. Everybody who graduates with a high school education should have rudimentary critical thinking skills under their belt. So they realize that that's a non sequitur. You know, the mere fact that somebody's arrested, I mean, in our country, People are innocent until proven guilty. You need to see all the evidence before you would actually say it's true that that guy lied. And then, you know, that that guy lied. Okay, what if he did? What's the connection between that and the truth of the Hunter Biden laptop story? That (laughs) is a non sequitur as well. So, you know, you've got two and people should be able to detect that and not be taken in by propaganda like that. Yes, yes, absolutely. Especially and, and like they think... They think that we're not noticing that this has happened. It's timed perfectly with the releases by Taibi, Schellenberger, and Gutentag. And it just directly flies in the face of that, as you properly point out, with a complete non sequitur. Just a giant dog and pony show of it, too. Put it on national TV. I mean, it's it's absolutely amazing. Smoke um, and Amy, Yeah, it is. Look, room of smoke and mirrors. Absolutely. That seems to be our clownish reality right now in the mass media cartel. At Amy Peakoff on X.com, formerly Twitter is where you follow. Don't let it go. The video podcast over there on BitChute and PodShoot over there at BitChute. That's C-H-U-T-E, by the way, if you're new. Uh, Amy, final thoughts before we have to let you go. We're just about out of time. Yeah, so for Julian Assange, uh, a little exclusive for you guys, we're actually trying to put together a fund that is going in the first instance to try to help him with legal expenses, et cetera. So stay tuned at bitshoot.com for details on that. All right, excellent. We'll have you back on when we can know a little bit more about it. We are with you and we're with Julian Assange on that. We're very happy to hear that's happening over there at BitChute. Amy, thanks so much for joining us here at State of the Nation. We'll look forward to your return here at today's News Talk TNT. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. Remember Adriana on The Sopranos? Here's how we last saw her. He's a strong kid, Chrissy. He's tough. Well, she got whacked. But last week, actress Drea DeMatteo was with Megan Kelly, and the self-proclaimed liberal had some harsh words for those of her political ilk. I really do think that the left is way more um, just angry. And this is supposed to be the hippies and the, you know, the people that really do care about equality and inclusivity. And then all of a sudden they are the ones shutting everything down, shutting everyone out, condemning freedom of speech, condemning everything. And she went after her Sopranos on-screen lover, Michael Imperiali. He was condemning some stuff 
on his Instagram feed that I noticed and um, like ivermectin. Mm. I thought that was I thought that was irresponsible. Last year, Imperiali posted on Instagram that he's going to make sure nobody who's a homophobe or a bigot ever watches The Sopranos or any of his work. The left is loony. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT. The challenges our planet's animals are facing sometimes feel a bit heavy. The animals haven't eaten in a day, two days. They haven't drank anything. They're cold. They're dehydrated. As soon as we started our descent, everywhere I could see was mud. Just absolutely mud. Yeah, the country has been prolonged for drought so long. It was like a tinder box waiting to go up. Okay, very heavy. Each of us wants to be part of the solution. And we can be. Remember that there's good happening right now. At home. All right, we were able to get into the unit and we have all four of your cats. So, uh... Okay. And around the world. For any animal in any disaster. So let's focus on that, right? Be part of the solution. One rescue at a time. Search ifa.org forward slash disaster ready. Critically analyzing national affairs. This is State of the Nation with Steve Hook and Brian McLean on today's News Talk Radio TNT. All right. It's the last segment of State of the Nation for this week. And we want to thank you for joining us live here at today's News Talk for State of the Nation. And we're bringing our friend, the Bazed Lit Analyzer from the Bazed Lit Analyzer YouTube channel in. Bazed, welcome to State of the Nation. It's great to see you. Great to see you too, sir. Happy Friday, you guys. Uh, it's a it's a, a longer month than usual, and it seems very, very long. I can't wait to get to springtime. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you know what? You joined us last Friday, and we kind of previewed what we were going to talk about this week at the end of that interview. But uh, we're talking about body parts trades apparently uh body brokers supplying the world with strange things like limbs torsos and heads i mean what this then this is not brand new this has been going on for some time but it's had a bit of a resurgence lately tell us a little bit about what's going on here well when we think of this sort of thing we kind of you know our minds harken back to egyptians you know and um and grave robbing for treasure uh and uh the tombs of the pharaohs and then we think of the 19th century and we think of, you know, the ghouls. Have you seen uh, the movie Gangs of New York, right? There's a scene where Daniel Day-Lewis says, oh, you know, you made me some money. It says the word ghoul. What's this word ghoul? Oh, a periodical of note, he says. He finds fame because um, Leo's been robbing these graves. But this is apparently having a, I guess it's been going on the whole time, but this has found a resurgence, I guess, in the public mind because of the recent events in Detroit with this um, – this uh, cremation scam where this couple had a business and 180 something bodies were found in a factory of death right in the middle of the city and the sheriff made a statement that it you know it was it was uh, literally hellish and just a sort of cursory glance at any kind of search and you see that this is very prevalent the head of uh, the body donation unit at harvard was sentenced to a few years in prison for illegally selling body parts um there are this is like every state in this nation, um, even in Richmond, Virginia, here, there was a scandal a few years ago. I think about 25 years ago, they found a well uh, in the middle of the city, which had um, 50, bo 50 
you know, skeletons in it. And they wondered what, how are these disposed of? And it turns out that the Egyptian building where MCV Medical College of Virginia at, at Virginia Commonwealth University is had been storing these body parts um, that had been grave robbed. Uh, they have uh, in, in Indiana, they had the king of the ghouls. Uh, there's a recent Reuters article on shipping containers just packed and stacked with body parts. Um, it's uh, ghoulish and nasty stuff. Oh, wow. You're not kidding. Yeah, you know, I'm getting visions of Mel Brooks's Young Frankenstein, the scene where the grave robbers are looking to dig up the perfect body. I mean, it is really, I mean, it really is very much something that comes right out of the pages of Shelley. I mean, they're, they're digging up bodies, or in some cases, like you mentioned, the crematorium, where they're getting these bodies, hey, we'll, get, we'll get you some ashes, but first we're going to remove the spleen and then we're going to take the, uh, you know, the left forearm or whatever. Is that, is that what's going on? Yeah. It's interesting. You bring up Frankenstein, uh, Mary Shelley and, and, and Percy Shelley himself. I mean, this is like, this is, is ghoulish. It's, it's, that's what it is. It's ghoulish stuff. And I remember a story a few years ago where a shipping container was found that had the body parts of, uh, let's say young people in it, which was, uh, just in, in just, uh, horrid conditions. You know, we, you would like to think that this is a thing that's done with, you know, um, in a hygienic and, and sanitary fashion, but apparently that's not the case. Uh, these shipping containers keep showing up in Hong Kong from America. Apparently the United States is the biggest supplier of body parts for this industry because we have a little regulation on how they're shipped. And of course the, um, the military is a big contractor for this. So uh, the reason this is coming to light in a lot of places is because um, people are, were under the assumption that their loved ones were laid to rest. And with this couple in Detroit, from what I've read, it said that, you know, they got a, a, a container full of ashes, but it was like as if the couple just like shoveled up gravel from the parking lot and said, that's your loved one. And then they found out that their grandmother's uh, torso had been sewn onto somebody else's head and sold to the military for, you know, target practice or whatever they do, hands, torsos, legs, limbs uh this i mean this is insane and it's a apparently it's a huge industry um Hesher, I, I i sent you an article from reuters which was just a single article on this um one of the leaders of the in this industry the body brokers is a guy named stephen gore it it always ends up that way doesn't it yeah you know you you steve you mentioned like you know, Igor with the earth monster, you know, and, and Igor's out there digging up body parts, but it, it, it's almost like the people that say that, you know, this is so weird that it seems to be a simulation, you know, it's not, but it, it kind of has echoes of that. It's, it's so absurd how awful things are. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this article from Reuters, uh, in doing a little bit of research for this and, you know, you might be thinking, oh, I guess there are shady business people breaking laws doing this. Yes, we're finding that, but there, this is also legitimate business because right here in Reuters, it says uh, it's talking about, uh, you know, like you were saying, this uh, a cargo ship that departed from Charleston, South Carolina, uh, headed to Hong Kong, had uh, 6,000 pounds of human remains valued at somehow the very specific amount of $67,204. Um, but the body parts came from a Portland business called MedCure Inc., uh, which is in the body broker, uh, as we're calling them today, body brokers. But MedCure profits by dissecting the bodies of altruistic donors and sending the parts to medical training and research companies. 
and they sell or lease about 10,000 body parts from U.S. donors annually. These numbers are actually a little bit old, so maybe they're even bigger now. And they ship about 20% of them overseas. International corporate manifest records show this. Uh, they go to the Netherlands. They go to, uh, where else, Malaysia, Brazil, Turkey, um, heads going to hospitals in Slovenia and the Arab Emirates. So, like, this is the kind of thing that can happen if you say, you know, I want to donate my body to science. It's not like, oh, I'm going to do something great and cure cancer here. It's like, you know, your head might get sewn on someone else's torso while they launch, you know, a JDAM at it or something like that. Yeah, it's it's you you would like to again, yes, like you were just saying. I mean, you would like to think that we have uh, there are. Certainly, there are altruistic people out there who um, want to do well with their, you know, they want to donate their body so that um, others can live. And that's, 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 I, I don't like that, but um, that's noble of them to do that. You know, this provides uh, scientists with practice and, you know, operating on us when, when, when the time comes. But the problem is that there are, like you were saying, there's so many shady characters involved in this and middlemen. Um, the, I mean, the body, you know, hey, Nice to meet you at the cocktail party. I'm Stephen Gore and I'm a body broker. You know, you got a, that's a nice looking foot. You know, it, it, it's, it, this is insane. This is insane stuff because it's not, we, you know, we, we like to think that these are all, it's all by the book. There's a set of rules and regulations, but apparently this is not the case. And I just, you can't help but think that um, uh, at the height of uh, Corona and right immediately afterwards, this must've exploded. Right, this industry must have exploded. There's been a whole bunch of scandals about heads arriving that were infected with HIV, even though they were told that they weren't. So obviously, we have people um, like this couple is probably a great example of this, just lying to people and and just parsing up the body parts. You know, this is desecration. The thing, the thing in Richmond was huge. It, it uh, there were laws enacted after this, which which said that you know you can't even for medical science you can't go rob graves you know, on sacred ground in churchyards, you, you can't just do that and store them in this Egyptian building and, and all these other places. It was, you know, we all know about Ben Franklin and all the, all of the skeletons literally in his closet, you know, found under his home in London. But of course this was at the height of like, you know, uh, the, that and leading into the Jack the Ripper era we've seen from hell and, you know, dissecting bodies and all, and medical science. But it, it, I guess things really haven't come that far since then. We'd like to think that they wow. have, but I guess they haven't. Yeah. God, I mean, it's it's just so bizarre. It's one thing if you donated your body to science and then somebody said, well, you know what? They donated it to science. We might as well sell it. That in and of itself is bad enough. Mm. But this, are the, the you're talking about people that took the bodies of loved ones uh, yeah. of some family and then they said, yeah, we'll cremate the body or we'll bury the body, whatever. But more often than not, cremate it. And then they say, well, you know what? Before we burn this body, let's remove the leg. Let's remove this. It's just so – I remember the case in Bayes. You probably do too. About 20 years ago in Georgia, there was a big case where they found 350 decomposing bodies on this crematorium, uh, this crematorium factory, for lack of a better word. And as it turns out, I don't think they were selling body parts. They just were never cremating the bodies. They were just throwing them out in the field, and and yeah. and, and they got busted. They did some time for that. But to think that there's some kind of legality to this, it just strikes me as ghoulish, for lack of a better mm. word. Yeah. 
open abattoirs all throughout the southern United States <laughs> or in the in the Midwest, I guess everywhere, right? Don't don't ask what's inside the warehouse in the middle of the city that has a an you know a, a particular aroma, you know, and and for some reason the coyotes are attracted to this building. I mean, I'm I'm being serious. This is this is bad. Uh, yeah. And yes, and donating your body, and then you find out that oh. Well, we wanted to see how fast this bullet would go through the, you know, your grandmother's head uh, on a stick on the target range. You know, I thought it's crazy. I, I'm not laughing at it. It's just it's absurd. No, it's it's a it's a bit of uh, gallows humor. You know, as as I read about it, it's like th- this is an entire industry. You know, and I mean, you mentioned the shipping of infected heads and stuff like this like what what is tell me riddle me this what is scientific about taking a rotting head of someone that died of something known and contagious like sepsis and and things like this like or hiv that are pointed out i mean that should immediate i mean i don't even like to refer to someone who has expired from something like that as infectious hospital waste but you know god rest their soul they're already out of the body and we're left with infectious hospital waste why on the earth would you chop it up and package it and sell it i guess for the cold cash yeah um uh and look i know that you know i'm sure someone's watching this and you know they're a, a legitimate scientist right now and they're thinking these guys are crazy that you know we have to do this stuff well we un- I'm, we understand that you know as i mentioned in the beginning we understand that and we we're I'm thankful that we have surgeons and doctors who were able to operate on people so uh, quickly and, you know, with such precision because of, of the practice of people who've done this. But I mean, come on, you find a, fa- a, a warehouse full of rotting flesh and that's what it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's uh profane. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you know, and the, and the Frankenstein thing um, is interesting because uh it's it's it like speaks to the fascination in people's minds of how this happens. You're just sewing various body parts together and creating this sort of homunculus, this golem. But that speaks to something deeper, I think, in the psyche of of our contemporary minds. Um, there's just so much destruction and death everywhere. We have to remember that you know people are we as we have got, God built us in His image. We're all we you know, and we life is sacred, and we have to take care of. Uh, the people who have passed away will be that way. So, I, you know, to think that your head could be in a Georgia field uh, for target practice, and and it's just like, oh, we had nowhere else to put it, or in a in a in a shipping container in Hong Kong. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, for all those doctors that would say this, and all those scientists that would say, hey, we need to do this. Yeah, as you say, Bay, uh, based, we get that. I I, I totally understand that. You know, cadavers are needed for med schools and all this. We get all that. But this is the wholesale body part industry. And this is really what we're talking about here is the black market side of that, which mm. is pretty foul and gross when you think about it in, that, in those uh, terms. It's bad enough when we find examples of, you know, trucks on the highway that are spilling cadavers all over. The, that happens all the time. Body parts all over the highway. But you know what? As bad as that is, 
let's go positively into the weekend and celebrate life. That's my <laughs> That's right. We're going to do that. We're going to go positively into the weekend. I uh, I heard that Slayer announced a couple of festival tours, so I'm super happy about that. There's nice. some good news for you rockers out there. And if you know some of Slayer's songs, well, maybe that dovetails nicely into discussion all right be sure and go to youtube and subscribe over at the Bayes lit analyzer youtube channel Bayes, you got about 10 seconds anything coming up on the channel yes uh join me tonight i've got a movie analysis big time michael man please join me over at youtube thanks guys all right yep be there or be square and be here for state of the nation next week and stay tuned for misty winston coming up next right here at today's news talk tnt